Hello, Belinda. Hi, Omar. It's lovely, Arlene, for you to be with us today as we are kind of just uh, getting back into our normal lives after this amazing event in LA, focusing on empathy and democracy. And it's wonderful that we got to release the actual recording from the event so our listeners could be a part of that pause that we took together collectively. It is amazing to kind of feel this coherence between the three of us and, you know, in some ways embodying our artist, our poet, our land steward, you know, for each of us, and then how we each have different skills and abilities around storytelling and execution and like holding space for emergence. And so it's been beautiful for us to kind of co-create in this new way and begin to sort of through this process of co-creating kind of be like, what is our superpower, right? What is that thing that uniquely is possible because of how we're working together? And, and really, I feel like we're settling in on this idea of the power of pausing. And I'd love to hear from our listeners as we continue to sort of unpack it. This season feels like in some ways a mini documentary you know, like we are sort of in real time sharing how gratitude blooming is evolving and growing. Um, I think we've talked about before, like the first season of our podcast was like, can we get this plane off the ground? You know, the second season of the podcast was like, okay, we can turn left, we can turn right, we can go up and go down, but where are we really trying to go? And I feel like that's the question that we're holding for this third sort of season of our podcast is like, where do we want to go? And And this idea of like, we want to go to places that can help people pause because we have found that when we pause, we create space for healing. We create space for emergence, you know, and, and whenever we hold spaces, we, you know, there's the three guiding intentions. One, your inner teacher is your best guide. So therefore number two, there's no need to fix, save, or advise anyone else. And three silence is a participant. And how we then get to sort of co-create that space together has been beautiful. This morning, Omar, you posed this question, what is our superpowers collectively? And it's not about the product or even the podcast or the card deck or none of those things. It's really like at the core, we each have a superpower that's coming together, alchemizing into like something bigger. And And it's interesting to kind of track like, wow, the three of us have done a lot of things in our lives to really become blank slates, to be able to have room to, for emergence for ourselves and then together and then for the larger collective that we're holding space for. And Arlene, I loved how, you know, in our conversation around healing and emergence, you said something about empowerment and how empowerment is not about somebody having power over you. It's about how do you step into your own personal power and how do you even know what that is or uncover that? And so love for you to kind of share a bit about that and also connecting it to the art and, and how you designed that whole experience for, for the, you know, forgiveness booth. I think there's a really powerful through line there. I think what was really interesting to me through this experience of collaborating with the Democracy Center has for this art exhibit has been 
this collective pause allows a space where storytelling, you know, from voices that may not have been heard can happen. I was able to reach out to somebody who I know um, through a friend who, you know, was taking an architecture class in, in high school. And I saw her work and I said, well, what if you help me dream up, you know, what this forgiveness booth at the Democracy Center could look like? I have a short story to tell through the art that she um, made for this, for us in this project. So here, let me share my screen. Um, I love that we're doing video now as well. So people can actually see us and see what we're looking at. Yeah. The first drawing that Celia, her name is Celia Canpalence, made for us, I see it like an artifact. It feels like an artifact for what we hoped the, the, it, this event could be, um, what we can leave for somebody who might not have been able to be there, right? If there's something they can get out of this, you know, that um, even if they weren't able to join. And then also what we hope it can be in the future. You know, I feel like that's, this is sort of the power of art is it, it allows us to like move through those different phases of time. We originally imagined the booths as, the, as these like big pops of color surrounded by um, living plants. So this next picture is, you know, just a simple picture of one of the signs that, and I think she drew this from one of the photographs that we um, had from the event. And the reason I, th I, th I think this is kind of interesting is that we decided to use signs, right, to, to explain what the art was. And I personally love art that doesn't, you know, that creates enigmas, right, rather than explanations, because I feel like, I think it's, I really like art that makes you question things. So like, I had, I wasn't sure if we should do the signs or not do the signs, and but I'm glad we did. But also just a sign really makes you be clear on like, what's your top level message, right? And so this sign, empathy and democracy reflection booths and that alone just sort of says like okay big idea around empathy and democracy how are we supposed to do that and you're like through these reflection booths and and so this hierarchy of information a sign kind of really forces you to just like simplify your message to the core parts i think the forgiveness booth was unique in that you had your own personal space once you walked in and what we had chosen to do was um to uh, use this space for people to have an interaction with a plant. And this is a drawing of the plant. It, we used a chocolate cosmos that we found at, um, at the nursery. And it, to me, you know, when we saw the plant, it just seemed like it was, it was very alert <laughs> to me. And it, I felt like it was um, alert and willing to come into this space that we were trying to create. We also um, filled the space with these um, nature, you know, objects from nature. And I think it's really interesting that Celia, you know, in this drawing sheet, there's three of five, I think we had in there. And the ones that she chose um, to include in this drawing were we had a comfort stone, <laughs> we had a kindness feather, and we had a wonder pine cone. And... Um, there were uh, there was also a curiosity stick, and I'm trying to remember the last one. Oh, unbrokenness shell. Yes, yes. And you know, intentionally, 
you know, I chose these objects in part because they're all found objects, things that I just found, you know, out in nature on a walk. And um, I wanted people to have this experience of, you know, finding their own, like, you know, you can find your own comfort stone, you know, if you, you know, want some help uh, dealing with difficult emotions, you know, you could find a stone and ask it to help you, you know, and so I, I really kind of wanted this experience of people to have an experience of, I, I guess it's finding camaraderie and friendship in nature. I love that you really were inspired by this idea of everyday found objects, right? Like you didn't need to go to a store. You didn't need to order something online, like to just sort of look in your sort of area and be like, Hey, I'm going to find meaning in this stone or in this pine cone. And, and honestly, like we've been, you know, uh, cleaning up the house um, in part to have you guys here. And I found these shells which normally I would just hand to one of my daughters who who loves these things and put it around. But I ended up putting the shell in our bathroom as a reminder of just like comfort, kindness, and wonder. Yeah. What comes up for me is, you know, in our retreat center, this is very much what people are doing. They're leaving their kind of urban lifestyles oftentimes to take a pause of long pause in nature to reset. And Arlene, you very much created that natural sanctuary in the booth for people uh, so that they could actually see their lives in a different way through these reminders from nature. And um, I have to admit, I was a little overwhelmed being in LA, especially that area. It's like so many people, noises that I'm not used to. You know, I'm like like a bear coming out of hibernation. It almost felt like it. So it was a really overstimulating in many ways. And yet there were these moments of calm and peace through the these reflection booths that the two of you created that, that was very healing. In On top days. of it, there was a KCRW music <laughs> like concert happening in the midst of it all so not only did you have little tokyo jumping off with probably lots of tourists um you know you had a, an event and yet it was amazing how just creating this little bit of a space allowed you to pause even the midst of kind of a lot of noise and arlene maybe tell us a little bit about the booth itself because like i was inspired by these ideas of voting booths and like how to transform them this like space that we're is in some ways very familiar, but like we've sort of become blind to you in a way. And then you sort of took it to a whole nother direction. And, and what were some of the initial kind of inspirations for the kind of booth that you created? I think the specific steps were we asked people to come in and pause. And then the second step was really to start a conversation on forgiveness with the plant. Right. So in, in some weird ways, that was a little like the confessional that you're confessing to the plant as opposed to the, but I, I also didn't necessarily think of it as a confessional booth, but and, um, a gentler version, I think, of a confessional booth. And then the third step was, you know, to like notice your emotions that are coming up. And, you know, it was this idea of you know, even the uncomfortable um, uncomfortable emotions that might come up to notice, to, to 
to notice them in a way that you realize that they they move they come and they go and so it's not they're not stuck in you they're not part of you right they they are just things that like come and go and then the final step was to after having that experience was to dare to dream again right so from that space after after you know noticing the emotion and maybe letting it go i feel like that's that moment that's that you know, opening where you can access your personal power or empowerment is the way I think of it. And so, you know, after going through that, from that empowerment place, dare to dream again. And and that was, and then we did get this idea from, I think it's a Japanese tradition to, it was, it's like a fortune telling tradition where it's, it's more prescriptive I think you actually get a fortune and then you tie it uh, on but we this was more um, uh, interactive um, or active I should say where you know we asked people to write you know their dream on a piece of paper that was you know I think it's compostable it has it's been um, infused with uh, wildflower seeds and um you know, that we we intend to plant. I want everyone to know that it's not, you know, these are not going to be public. We are going to plant them in the earth and, and see um, what emerges. And it was just beautiful that these simple instructions, these four steps of like acknowledging this plan to like notice the emotions, to really, you know, dare to dream and really have this inner dialogue. Um, and then, I think, as you said, how do we move from that inner dialogue to this collective dialogue and this collective pause? And and I feel like this is just the beautiful emergence um, that is happening through creating these moments, um, these spaces to just reflect in a different way. And, and, and people really sort of were attracted to that. And I think that's what I loved about it was that it was simple enough. Like, how do we focus, you know, in the words of the Zen master, Norma Wong, ways and means, right? Like it's not about building new institutions, but how do we help people create the ways and means for them to be present, to heal, and to like have hope for the future? So should we pick a gratitude blooming card for us to reflect on? And then we'll pick a card for our listeners to reflect on for the week. Absolutely. And I'm curious, Omar or Arlene, if there a inquiry just around this idea of the pause or what we are becoming together? Um, what is emergent as a question? So I wrote this poem um, that was inspired by you guys coming to hopefully stay at our house, which unfortunately, my wife got COVID. So you weren't able to stay here. But I had room set up for each of you um, and I, you know, that each of you love uh, different card decks. And so for Arlene's room, I had the Kuan Yin card deck for uh, Belinda's room. I had this animal card deck. And so I pulled cards for you. And I think, you know, as the setting and the intention, like part of this idea is about returning home. So I'm going to read the poem, but it's really this idea of like returning home. Kuan Yin. Her joy overcomes gravity, dancing with the buffalo of history, of future unknown. Trust joy like a salmon returns home. No need to navigate, 
you know your way home. Even your bones will be told by the breathing of the trees for centuries, for joy overcomes time and space. Yeah, I, I almost want to hear it again, but I know that, you know, that's probably not good for podcasts, <laughs> but I do want to hear it again. So I'll I'll frame the intention based on that beautiful poem. I think it's it feels like it's like, how do we find our way home for ourselves individually and together? I mean, that is just so powerful. Arlene, any numbers coming to you? Oh, so much pressure. I feel like um, home feels like even numbers. So maybe two even numbers. Mm. Or two odd numbers adding up to an even number. <laughs> you can go four, four. That's like a, it's a box. Okay. Box is a home. <laughs> it's a confession booth. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Number 10, Alien Triquetrum, uh, self-care. What can you do today and every day to nurture love for yourself? So as you look at this card, this prompt, the art, how does this help remind us of coming home? Well, it's wild that the word self is very present here. And it's one solo plant that almost is looking at itself with the leaf coming, stemming out. And so it's almost like, how can you find the home within you and externally around you um, by taking care of yourself? You know, like Omar, your story of putting the shells delicately in your bathroom as a reminder that is you connecting with home for with yourself as well. And so it feels like if we don't take the time to nurture ourselves through like the pause or the reverence and the awe or the, you know, moments of joy, like it's hard to know, you know, it's hard to navigate life with, with ease. Sometimes with the cards, I feel like there's sometimes like a hard, it's like a harder, there's a harder lesson <laughs> with some of them than others. You know, some are just, they feel easier. But when this showed up, I thought, oh, it's hard, but I think, I think it's meant to be hard. And I think of when I see this card in the context of what we're talking about today, it's like so much about that empowerment, like finding your own personal power again is about this self-care right like you have to take care of yourself to be to come from that place of your own personal power and not your personal power, power that you will use to dominate over others but your it's that empowerment and i feel like that is the the true home within ourselves is that seed of personal power um because that's where we can start, you know, what we often are talking about, this poetic imagination. It's like, that's where it resides in you. So, um, so like having a, you know, inquiry around how do we find our way home and having this card it, it, in a weird way feels like the, like the card for, you know, finding that place of empowerment. Whenever we pull this card, the the art itself 
with the single kind of stem with uh, sort of a craggly set of leaves on top and then the leaf kind of shooting out it always reminds me of a faucet so and like this is like you know you can actually turn on and off self-care but as you guys were talking you know I also started to think about sometimes self-care comes from caring for others right like giving is can actually make you feel better right to like actually be of service like volunteering and helping other people and then then i also just sort of like expanded the idea of self to be our planet like how do we take care of our planet like our planet is our is us and so you know sometimes self-care is at an individual level but self-care can also be at a collective level and and how do we sort of take time to remember this is our home this planet is our home. Um, and, you know, how do we take care of our home uh, is, you know, I think a really important reminder um, because our home takes care of us. You know, um, it gives us a place to rest and find joy and celebrate and fail and try again, um, you know, and, and, and so I'm really just appreciating the both and of self-care as individual but also collective yeah it's almost like uh creating the world we want to live in starts with the spaces that we have you know to connect with every single day and it is i'm always struck when people come on sabbatical in mount shasta with us how much as they're preparing to transition back home it is about what are they going to do to their physical space to create that moment of pause or create that comfort that they need to navigate life. And then from there, it ripples to everyone else. And, and so I love that we're making that connection to the you know, story of our own selves together and for this collective larger world that we're a part of. Having been through tons of different leadership trainings and workshops from like circles of trust and Parker Palmer, Parker Palmer to healing circles and common wheel and all these different sort of methodologies. And then having built a gratitude app with like daily practices and moments. And, and I feel like what we're starting to do is just sort of recognize like, how do we create space for all of those things? Right? Like, so whether you're using the gratitude blooming cards to help you journal or to set an intention for each day. Um, and then we're creating these events that kind of like help pop and remind us at sort of like a collective level. And then your retreat center and, you know, hopefully we're going to have a gratitude blooming retreat series. Um, so then it's like, okay, sometimes we need to take a deep pause and seven days away, you know, and really kind of ground ourselves in nature Sometimes we just need a daily practice, right? Those small baby steps that just helps us sort of the day-to-day kind of movement through things. And then sometimes we need like events, you know, that are these sort of periodic reminders and, you know, moments to maybe sometimes celebrate or like dive deeper. And and even this podcast, you know, which we try to sort of release on a weekly basis, plus or minus, um, you know, it's like these different touch points of like, there's lots of different ways to pause and and sometimes we need to go deeper and slower and sometimes we just need sort of simpler 
uh, and practical. And, and it's okay to like mix and match the menu as you need it. So as we close, I love that we're this season, we're also picking two cards because I think the two cards tell a story as well of like self and each and collective. And I, I'm actually inspired to go bottom up to the fourth row and then the fourth card. I don't know if it's the same card or not, but I'm curious. <laughs> I don't think it's the same card. It should not be the same card. <laughs> oh, wait. So from the top to the bottom, it's the same. Hey, uh, let's just take this as an exclamation, you know, that we invite folks uh, number 10, Alien Triquetrum, self-care. Remember, Arlene, you asked me to reread the poem. So oh, this sort of like the emphasis is, so maybe I'll, I'll take the occasion to reread the poem as like the exclamation mark on self-care. But I like to, I, I like this uh, added um, dimension that it's how, how does self-care relate to you or to the collective, right? So, because it is, it is both, so... So here we go. Kuan Yin. <laughs> Joy overcomes gravity. Dancing with the buffalo of history, a future unknown. Trust joy like a salmon returns home. No need to navigate. You know your way home. Even your bones will be told by the breathing of the trees for centuries. For joy overcomes time and space. Well, we wish you this week time and space for joy, and hopefully that joy helps you overcome whatever gravity may be holding you, um, but also kind of recognize that gravity keeps us here on this earth, right? And that gravity can feel heavy, but sometimes that heaviness is necessary to just keep us grounded um, and to find that lightness where we can. And yeah, we would love to meet more of you if it's helpful and supportive. So, you know, our next event in LA is October 21st. Um, you can find out more about that gathering. You have advance notice to come and meet us in LA. And then um, Omar and I are scheming maybe a, a, a retreat coming up in the fall around the equinox in September. So if you're interested in that, um, just email us at hello at gratitudeblooming.com to say, hey, I want to find out more. Tell me more as it unfolds. Wishing you all well. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.